Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great ESPN podcast. The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Every Tuesday, Mina highlights the winners and losers from the weekend with Dominique Foxworth. And then later in the week, she's joined by different expert guests to preview the next round. That's the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Uh, we booked this one rain or shine. We figured no matter what happened in the, cha- in the college football uh, playoff championship game, the L. Duncan would be, in fact, a hoot. And here she is, ready to be hooty. <laughs> Hootie who or hootie and the little fish. There's a difference, right? Yes, yes, but nah, man, you got that big old barrel of coffee. You, you, you still, you still getting back. I sent you something on Tuesday night, and I was like, you gonna be sober enough uh, to yeah. do the show with us on Wednesday? Oh, it was a day because I took a red eye back, so I left, you know, right after the game. And um, there's something about, you know, despite being super tired. Being in one of those lay flats, and I understand how privileged that sounds anyway, because the lay flat beds are stupid expensive, and I would have never paid for that if I had to pay for it on my own, but it was on the company. But there's something about like being in a lay flat surrounded by other people also. Lay- it almost felt like I was sleeping with strangers, <laughs> and I was very uncomfortable. Yeah, it just, yes. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm like laying on my side. And there was like a dude also laying on his side, but facing me. And I was like, this feels so strange and weird. So I didn't sleep great on the plane. And I had to uh, to get my connection because we were so behind. I had to like hop on a cart and it looked like, you know, I was that person. We were like, like beeping through the airport, like running people over, like yelling, get out of the way to kids <laughs> just so that we could get to, to the plane on time. All for me to get to work yesterday, to be headed to the studio to be clearly paying no attention and to fall on the stairs and twist my ankle like horribly bad. Wow. And I fell Bomani in the stairs. I understand this will be 2% and very few people will understand what I'm talking about, but the stairs that are near radio that mm-hmm. can go up to that walkway bridge. So the stairs that really don't get a lot of use. I mean, there's not a ton of people going <laughs> up and down the stairs. I'm almost never running into anyone on that staircase. And so my, you know, I'm an athlete. So my first gut reaction is to just like jump up and, you know, shake it off. And I, I go to stand up and I was like, oh, this is what a real ass ankle sprain feels like. Because I heard something <laughs> pop when I fell and I was like, oh no, I'm actually like, I've always made fun of the I've fallen and I can't get up commercials and I'm now starring in one. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, you wish you had a bracelet, didn't you? I you wanted a life alert. Yes. They never <laughs> felt more important. And so I call this version of a life alert who's my producer. And I, I'm trying to explain to him what staircase I'm in. And he finds me and he like, you know, is escorting me. And so people, of course, I'm walking through campus and I'm limping and it's so extra. So people are, are you okay? Should we call someone? And there was a woman who was like, oh, do you want like, like an ice pack and maybe someone to wrap that for you? I was like, is that a thing that can happen? And she was like, yeah, we have medics all over the place. I was like, oh, okay, cool. She goes, you want me to have them come to the green room? Um, and meet you there. I was like, yeah, please. So like people are like passing me off. I mean, I'm like, look like Byron Leftwich. It's just so <laughs> over an ankle sprain, but I really can't put any pressure on it. 
And so we get there. And what the lady didn't tell me is that per our protocols, if you call someone, even just to wrap up an ankle sprain, they call the paramedics. <laughs> they call like the ambulance. I was like, oh my gosh. So, so there's like six people around me for an obvious ankle sprain. That's all this is. My biggest concern was I have a taping with Jeff Passon in like 10 minutes and I'm being surrounded by paramedics right now. I, I, I need to go to the set. And um, so anyway, I, I, you know, the paramedic is like smirking because my sister's a fire medic and she used to make fun of those calls where it's like, oh my God, someone like stubbed their toe and we had to show up. And he just looks at me and he's smirking and he's like, this just looks like a pretty bad sprain. I would say, I said elevated. I was like, yeah, cool. All things I was going to do, which is why I called cold pack and some <laughs> bandages, not an ambulance. It was so humiliating. Yeah. But honestly, Bo, based on my experience in California, it was apropos that that's how it would end. First of all, this sounds like um, what got you in trouble here. It was cute shoes. I was wearing tennis shoes. Oh, that no. Yes. I, you know what I did? I misjudged that final step. You know how you think you have a little bit oh, more. Oh, you thought it was two steps and it was really, oh, one step and it was really two. Gotcha. So then I hit it and I, and I, and I twit, like I planted on it. It popped, it like twisted and then I fell. And that's what happened. I was not wearing cute shoes. I never wear cute shoes unless I'm on set. Well, that's what I was thinking. You didn't strike me as the type that was that dedicated to the cause. You know Dude, what I mean? You walk like, like, around campus in heels? Hell no. <laughs> yo, I am frequently impressed by the physical list that women are willing to go to to look cute, right? Like, y'all be wearing outfits that when you go out, you got to take the whole thing off to go to the bathroom. I'm not willing to do that for anything, you know? Yeah. Like, y'all will do it to be cute, and I appreciate it. I just, you know, when I heard this, I was thinking that. I didn't want to assume that, you know, you did something clumsy in regular shoes. Yeah, there is some kind of hell. It's it's proof that men um, create most of these women's fashions that you will find yourself in like a New York tiny, dirty like restroom, like naked trying to use the <laughs> restroom because the whole thing has to come off. It's yeah, yeah. His thing though, we might have created them, but y'all still be riding it out. Like y'all could protest. Y'all could be yeah. like, yo, ain't no rompers until y'all make this a little bit easier. Unfortunately, I don't really know what the solution is because y'all want the thing to be one piece. I know a gusset. You know what that is right? a gusset. Nah, I ain't like, up on that. Oh, a gusset is the. It's like the same thing that you guys have in your boxers that allow you to reach ah. through. There's oh, like, okay. Yeah, it's like a little gusset, and um, you know, you you either have a zipper or you can have whatever. And then you just like unzip. That feels that that seems a little risky. It does. Like, like, if, like, like, like if you don't have true aim. Yeah, like the room for disaster. And like the concept of aim in what we're discussing. Hey, man, I admit I am not as knowledgeable about the female body uh, as the females may be. Not to call you females, but you understand where I'm coming from. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, no, no, no. That that all, yeah, I understand. No aim, you're right. It's more of a placement and pray. <laughs> yeah, like I say, I understand why it is that why y'all be out there having to take off your whole get up uh, just, just to make it happen. Like, I see it. I get it. And also I think about like when you talk about spraining your ankle right there, I ain't had an actual injury since I was a teenager. I cannot oh, wow. imagine like suffering an injury injury. Yeah. Like my whole goal now when I work out is just not to get hurt. Getting in yeah. shape is a secondary concern. I can't imagine yeah. be like a, a sprained ankle. I live in New York. How am I getting anywhere? Well, yeah, that's, and I think that's the thing is I feel so bad. I've been gone for days 
in LA and I left my husband Omar with the two kids. And so he's thinking, oh, she's finally home. Here's some more relief. And now he's just taking care of three people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really hard to get around. And I, when I'm even thinking about getting around on campus and that involving wheelchairs and crutches and it's just uh, <laughs> it, listen it's not great you Paul, but I you Paul like, Pearson you Paul I'm, Pearson out there no because I was actually hurt <laughs> <laughs> if this was just bubble guts Bo then we would have been I would have a mic and I would have my computer um, but no it was uh, I feel like Bo this is for the second straight year proof that God don't like ugly because he only allows me to have one nice thing. I last year we got the natty, but he stole my voice. He saw it fit to steal my ability to talk. And this year I didn't talk any because you know picking on TCU fans is like kicking a puppy at this point. Like I feel so bad for them. I was so mad that it was such a bad game that I felt bad for them at some point. I mean, they were trying so hard to be like positive and nice and they were really never mean to begin with, you know, there clearly isn't the same animus. So I knew this year would feel a little bit different, but it's just, you know, like, like a couple of them like walked up to me and they were like, okay, Elle, we deserve it. You can let us have it. You know, sad eyes. I was like, what am I going to say? Like, I was like, no, you know, you had a hell of a season. You just ran into the SEC. Um, so yeah, it just was, you know, it was great and I, I feel awesome about it, but um, I came home and I wanted to be able to walk around and spread more dogs propaganda and God saw fit to take my ability to walk. <laughs> now, we're going to get back to the dogs part, but I want to talk to you about the TCU fan part. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, we have a listener um, of this podcast named Joel from Missouri City. Okay. Um, Joel from Missouri City sometimes comes on as a guest. He does some podcasts with Slate, but when it comes time to talk about this, he says Joel from Missouri City. And it's interesting because he doesn't want to be Joel from TCU because Joel likes to be able to bail out on TCU when things mm -hmm. look bad in front of people. So anyway, I had Joel from Missouri City as a guest last week to talk about it in advance of the game because I knew I wanted you to talk this, this time because, you know, like I said, rain or shine, you was going to have something, right? Joe from Missouri City, his old front running ass. That wasn't going to be like, this would not be fun right now with him under those circumstances. So I missed the first half of the game because we were out shooting some stuff for game theory. So we out in the street doing some shooting. We did our version of a halftime break. I look at the phone and the score is 16 to 7. We go back out, come back. It's time to go home. Score is 38 to 7. <laughs> I tell my guy, James, that the score is 38 to 7 in the second quarter. And he's like, I'm confused. It's supposed to be four quarters. I'm like, yes, it's not even halftime yet. Correct. And the score is 38 to 7. Yeah. And so I get home. I don't even turn the TV on right away. But when I do turn the TV on, I want to say it's 52 to 7. And Georgia's got the backups in there. But they were doing this thing that like Miami used to do when they had the backups in there. It was second string players, first string plays. Like they were still out here throwing the ball on them and, and running on them. And then the score gets up to 59 to 7, I believe it was. And I'm like, huh, they might can get to 70. Yeah. 70 would be pretty cool. And then they got to 65. I was like, oh, it might happen, but there just wasn't enough time for something magical like that. <laughs> but, you know, Joel from Missouri City, been having this text exchange with him all season long. 
and his thing was he be we ain't no good we ain't no good and then he won't talk all the, shit in the world when they win right blame yeah. everything right it was, he always he always was doing that right there you know but i recognize that the score was so lopsided that me honestly being a better friend than most people i've ever met i just was like i ain't even gonna do it to him tonight you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, my man, Master Test Foster, and we got a group text with uh, Joe from Missouri City. I tried to FaceTime him so that we could talk about it amongst ourselves and decide mm -hmm. how he wanted to handle it Yeah, uh, with Joe from Missouri City. Because I just ain't want to. I, I honestly was just like, this ain't even cool right now. You know, he might even cuss me out. He's a very nice man, but it might yeah. go that way. I wasn't going to do it. I can't remember if it was that night or the next morning. I look at Joe from Missouri's city's Instagram page. Uh-oh. And see, he got an infant. That baby was born. He's like, I don't think he's not a year old yet, right? And so what he did was he was like, yeah, it's been a tough, you know, tough night or whatever. But he put a video up or 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 it was a swiper, but it was a bunch of pictures of him with the little homie throughout the course of the football season oh, he no. took he took that as the time to commemorate the joys <laughs> of raising this boy um in the midst of a football season and i was like if you think for one second that i don't see what you just did here yeah. you got me bent like i was gonna let it slide and mm -hmm. then he put that baby in the yeah. line of fire. I was yeah. trying to figure out what the thing was or the comment was that I could make that mm -hmm. wouldn't seem to be in terrible taste while sure. also saying, you mother you yeah. really, like, you see what I'm saying? This is oh, why yeah. I've been rooting against them all. Yes. Yeah. This is why yeah. I've been rooting against them all year long because he was always, I had to FaceTime Joe from Missouri City yesterday and we talked about it a little bit. I ain't really get into it, but I can't, it felt so Good to watch them get beat down. Like when you was talking about how, oh man, you know, how could you say something bad about TCU fans? You're right. You can't really say nothing about TCU fans. I but don't know. TCU fan, there is one, <laughs> and I hope every single point, I, I just want them all to hurt. The only way it could have been better is if they had only scored two points, like the Falcons <laughs> did that time in the playoff game. They just got a safety. <laughs> that was it. They just needed to get. Two points. If it had been a two pointer, everything would have been just phenomenal, just flawless. Like I normally stop when the sirens are ringing in the back. I don't know if y'all can hear them, but I can't right now because I really, I, I don't take pleasure in the misery of other people unless they Saints fans and Aggies. Really, they the yeah. only people I like to see be miserable. Who, yeah. who wants TCU to be miserable? Nobody yeah. does. No I did. I did. I could decide if it would have been better if it was some real super tight loss at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, and and to be fair, man, I know they was happy to be there. They should have been happy to be there. Honestly, yeah. they was they was they was punching outside their weight class. It was a very 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 impressive season. And sometimes your reward for an impressive season is being embarrassed in front of America yeah. so badly that you yeah. have to use an adorable infant yeah. to try to spare you from the yeah. talking that you deserve, yeah. Joel from Missouri City. I mean, Joel from Missouri City, like, I just, just to put it in summation, I'm so funny. 
I spent most of the game just giggling because I was like, this is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When I knew it was over, Bo, especially against like good teams and lately, you know, we are not a quick strike offense. Like we don't we don't score in two plays. That's just not what we do. And when we just <laughs> when we were breaking off eight and nine yard runs, when we were scoring in three or four plays, I was like, oh, this is over. They, like <laughs> they have nothing. They just and I got trapped on the TCU side. Like I was watching on the TCU side. It was horrible. But then even I went down to the to the suite level was on the ground. And like just the even just the size of them. It's like it they just does it doesn't compare. But I think to summate Joel from Missouri City, Kansas City, where did you say? Missouri City. Yeah, Missouri City. There are so many bowl games every year since the beginning of bowl time. And this was the most lopsided, not <laughs> lopsided win in the national championship. This was the most lopsided win Ooh. in the history of bowl games. Ooh. Bowl games, like think about the amount of bowl games and think about some of the teams that play in these aforementioned bowl games. And yet you stand amongst them for your futility. That is absurd. Yo. Bowl games, Bamani, just all bowl games. I kept asking my research yesterday. I was like, but what do they mean by bowl games? Like, like, like the sanctioned games? They're like, no, just like bowl games ever. I'm like, what? Yo, so there are three like bowl game destructions before that jump out above all else for me. One of them Hardly anybody else will remember, but it was the 1990 um, Holiday Bowl where Texas A&M beat BYU, I want to say 65 to 14, right after Ty Detmer had won the Heisman. Like he won the Heisman and they ended BYU, but they only scored 14 points. They gave up 65. Um, there is obviously the, the birth of beat them down. Uh, Cotton Bowl, Texas, Miami, January 1991, which was absolutely the most humiliating, demoralizing defeat that anybody has taken. There was the Fiesta Bowl in January 1996, 62-24. Tommy Frazier running roughshod on Spencer <laughs> Hall's uh, Florida Gators like in a way that we didn't know was possible. And the rebirth of beat them down game, Capital One Bowl, uh, Alabama and Michigan State. That year, Alabama lost three games, and you're like, oh, they might show up at the bowl game and not care. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It looked like they was playing seventh graders. But this one, this one, this one, I could not like after once I actually got to watching it and saw what was happening with the second string. I was like, oh, my God, what was it when they were like really invested and really caring when they were doing this? What makes it worse with Georgia when they have beaten you down? They're nameless. Yeah. Right. Like when Miami and Florida State were doing it in the 90s and the 2000s, we knew all those dudes names. Like there was just something about it. Right. Even Florida. But like we knew they they made individual stars. Dude, Georgia lost all those dudes last year. Yeah. And if, unless you really, really watch a lot, you can barely remember their names. You don't know who the new dudes are that they brought in. And it look exactly the same. Like I see James Cook playing for Buffalo. I don't know who they replaced James Cook with. It looked like James Cook still out there. They replaced Jordan Davis. Like Jordan Davis. They lost him. They got a dude that came in that might be better than him. I don't think I had heard of that dude last year. I don't know who any of these guys are. It yeah. does uh, other than uh, well, we know Rob. who all the white dudes are. We we, we do Howard, know them. Rob, McCall, yeah, yeah, and and 
And Stetson Bennett, who you know me and you going to have to talk about because the Georgia fans were mad the last time he was on. And I said oh, I would man. rather have Anthony Richardson. And, I mean, number one, don't forget, Stetson Bennett, he's 36 years old. But uh, Stetson, hey, there's nothing bad to say about Stetson Bennett in, nope. in this. Like, it doesn't even matter, like, arguing about how good he is or all that. That misses the point. What there was to do, that dude did repeatedly. Yeah. Yes. Every, and, like, and I – so where I was so wrong about Stetson last year was um, I still don't think, although I have learned not to underestimate Stetson, but um, I still don't think like he's going to have like some long pro career. Um, oh, although no. I'll say this much as my mom loves to remind me, he's the same size as Bryce Young. They <laughs> talk about Bryce yet they are the same size. Um, I'm like, fine, mom. He's also the same age as Lamar Jackson, who is <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, but I think that where I was wrong was Stetson to me, last year was a little bit like um, how I felt about Peyton in his final year in that Super Bowl, where it was like, like Peyton, if given a few more minutes on the clock, Peyton was going to try to give that game away. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was Von Miller that was like, not today devil. I felt that way about the national championship last year, you know, Keely Ringo and the defense was like, no Stetson, you will not (laughs) give this game away. We will take this game. So I was concerned thinking that we would face Bama again. Cause why wouldn't you that I didn't want Nick Saban to have another crack his third crack at Stetson Bennett. I felt like Stetson Bennett was not going to get better. I felt like Stetson Bennett did everything he could last year and played within himself. And why not go out on top? Like you're never going to do any better Stetson. You won the natty leave. But what I forgot to remember, which is sort of the same thing that Kirby smart has really been trying to say since he's at Georgia. And I know most coaches do. So it sort of sounds like coach speak, but to your point, Bo, Kirby's been said that this, this system is supposed to be able to be, consistent with no matter we do not build the system around the players we build the system around the system and then the players have to make it work and Stetson got better like he played better this year I he had to help them win games as opposed to just hanging on for dear life last year with a historic defense and he was able to do that so really why you're seeing it look like essentially the same team is because while their defense is not as good as it was last year their offense got better and more reliable so you know, to his credit, he was fantastic, but I, I still think there's got there's like people inside the UGA organization, Bo, that will tell you that right now, if you go to practice, Carson Beck, the backup that the backup that made his made an appearance in the national championship. Mm-hmm. That's so embarrassing. Anyway, um the idea that Carson Beck is like actually already in more command and like looks better at practice than even Stetson does. And so to think that it's inconceivable that this team could three-peat, uh, they could. They they absolutely could. They're going to lose some dudes, but mostly they're really young, Bo. All right, so first of all, um, Georgia, as Holly Anderson points out, another quarterback with two last names. Carson Beck, <laughs> Stetson yeah. Bennett, Hudson yeah. Mason. They just, they, just, they just went on a roll of all, two straight, right? Aaron Murray even kind of counts when you think about it. Yeah. But <laughs> – I like to think I don't have no problem saying I'm wrong. And I feel like people who listen to this program will have times where they say I'm wrong. But I don't think I was exactly as wrong about Stetson as somebody might think. And here's why I say this. Okay. My belief has been you were going to have a game that you needed your quarterback to win in mm-hmm. order to win a national championship, right? Last year, they did have that game. It was the SEC championship game against Alabama. And they lost it, yeah. but came back around like they had their one and they could get over it. 
yeah. then they got through, right? You tell me, because you know better than I did, there wasn't a game this year that it was like, yo, everything is going wrong around us. Stetson, you're going to have to be the one to get us done, you know, to get us through. They didn't have that game. But where I give him all the credit is this. It don't matter how good you are, ultimately. What matters is what you get done. And so much of quarterback stuff is a measure of, honestly, confidence, right? Like, once these dudes stop thinking they can do it, it all falls apart. Very rarely are they able to bring it back around. In his infinite 36-year-old wisdom, Stetson Bennett at some point was like, you know what? I'm going to have all day to throw, and these dudes are going to be open. So I'm going to throw the ball like I got time and like these dudes are going to be open. And everything that he did in the games that I watched was always so decisive. You know yeah. what I mean? It was boom, 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 throw. Boom, 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 throw. It didn't matter how strong his arm was or any of the physical stuff at that point because he was just like, this is the thing to do. Like, game manager isn't fair because it wasn't just like he was just like, oh, we'll get us through. No, there's a big play to be made. I'm going to make the throw to make the big play, right? Like, he did all of those things, and he got it done. And now, man, what, what what's it going to be? Is it going to be the car dealership? Um, is he going to be the color analyst for the radio broadcast? Whatever it is, that dude ain't never. If he leaves Athens, I don't know why. If they put a beach in Athens, he ain't never got to go nowhere. He the king. Listen, Bo, I, like that's why the, we're kicking around this idea of like, could he, you know, we asked Dan Orlovsky yesterday on the show, like, could Stetson Bennett, who's his comparable, you know? And all of a sudden he's Brock Purdy, right? Because that's, I love that like four games into his career and it's like Brock <laughs> Purdy is the standard for like ironic, you know, quarterbacks <laughs> who shouldn't be here, but are. Um, I don't understand why you would sacrifice all of the money that is waiting for you uh, to go be a backup somewhere. Like, why? I mean, Stetson oh. legit. And and people, I keep saying that and people are acting like it's an insult. I'm like, one of the greatest things in the world is to be able to be a neighborhood superstar. Before Herschel Walker became a national clown, he was making <laughs> an entire career out of that. Just talking frozen food to Georgia fans like and it works and so if you're Stetson you've done something no Georgia quarterback has ever done before run with that get your car dealerships get all of your like family friendly Stetson Bennett you know Dave and Buster type of system like all of that stuff and then become a senator he's headed towards being a politician I see it I can see it for Stetson's future I mean let's be real about this right Hersh Walker football player University of Georgia non-parai like there's, oh. there's there's one of those and if you need to know how good Herschel Walker was his black ass is the shining star of University of Georgia football all right now that they got a Stetson oh yeah oh no 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 yeah and he's the face of and the thing to be fair to him is it's not like he's the best player on the team it's not like he's the best player on the offense he ain't even the best white dude on the team but yeah. he's the quarterback of this team and the story is amazing, right? This dude wanted it so bad, he went to JUCO to come back to not really play for Georgia. I still worry, if I'm a Georgia fan, I worry that Stetson doing this is going to trick Kirby into believing that he could do this kind of thing again, and then y'all going to have problems, right? Like, not thinking that you need it. That's like, that's antiquated saving the ball. The quarterback doesn't matter. Like, that's that's the the part that would shake me up. Yeah, that would shake But, but Bo, that's why all of the dudes that are currently on there, you know, the Carson Becks, um, the Vandergraaf kid, like, they're all top recruits. They're all top prospects. So, mm-hmm. yeah, know, but so is Jake Fromm. <laughs> Listen, again, yes, it's it, but I think that what Kirby realized, or I think what I hope he realized, is that you could have had that third national championship if you would have run with Justin Fields, but you did not. And because yeah. of that, you didn't end up even contending for another one. So, listen 
I, I just I, – I think that if you're Georgia at this point, give Stetson Bennett, make him the face of – because you're right. Like, they really wanted it to be Matthew Stafford. He wasn't able to win. They did. You know, for a while there, it was like Eric Zier. I remember going to Eric Zier – his bar. He had like a little, you know, one of those like shopping strip mall bars mm -hmm. and you would go and you'd throw darts and, you know, hope that they would take your fake ID. Um, <laughs> and sometimes they would. Uh, but he was like the face of Georgia football. He was like the greatest legacy of Georgia football, like for the white boys for a he long was time. Such a big deal. Eric Zire. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like the thing I think that when people start talking about like the hegemony of the sec and dominating college football, I don't think people realize that's only really like a, 15, 20 year phenomenon. Yeah. Like Georgia, Georgia ain't never had nothing. Georgia had the Herschel run for those three years and this Kirby run. And then otherwise they was playing football, enjoying themselves, competing against their rivals. But it wasn't like it was, it was not Alabama and Tennessee were the two historically dominant programs of that conference. Like the stuff yeah. you see in new now really is a, like a lot of new money behavior from people who really, really did want it. And now yeah. Georgia has it. But I got to run this theory by you. I've run it by other people. I don't know what you think. But, like, do you watch P-Valley? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know that. You're you know like the 50th person to ask me. I do not. Okay. There's a dude on there. It's a character um, who he the he the other son. Like, it's these two white sons. And then it's the other son. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. He looked like a dude that played for Georgia, kind of. He, he, they remind me of each other. Which one? He got a temple fade. <laughs> just saying they favor uh so you think maybe there's like some some ancestry there's, there's, there's a favor there's, there's a favorite going on man you know what i'm saying there's a favorite going on Stetson <laughs> out here wearing death row t-shirts all that stuff like you know i'm just saying yeah. he walked he walked in and he has the barber he's like yo do you know what to do with hair like mine oh yeah we do this all the uh, time we baby. Sit down. yeah <laughs> we, do, we do this every day big dog i'm gonna try to take him in the race draft boat i'm not gonna <laughs> lie his his hair looks a lot like my son's hair <laughs> uh, they got similar texture <laughs> don't don't just say you might find out he'd be out there running too you yeah. know what i'm saying like like you know he got this hard scrabble tail that he's got now you know what i'm saying <laughs> like he does. He, it's like, yeah, it's like this weird um, sort of like Tyler Hero-esque, but from Blackshear, Georgia energy. That's like, that's. Yeah, but, but I can't quite get it because you're not going to make me believe you act like that at the yeah. crib. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, well, then you see like, and again, I mean, we've all changed since high school, although we're like 20 something years removed from high school and he's not. <laughs> um, but, you know, you see like his like high school pictures and it's like, I don't, I would think. What's funny is people don't know, like, Dansby Swanson, right, as we talk about other people from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. He went to Marietta, like, and not, like, and Marietta was, like, pretty black when he was there. And you would think, do you know what I'm saying? Like, and so, mm -hmm. you, you know, you get Dansby, and he's just so sweet and Southern. and But he kind of came from, like, where you could see him sort of cosplaying the Stetson look, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but from where Stetson's from, I mean, I'm from Georgia, Bo. You live there. These are places I've never heard of. I'm like, where? <laughs> I had to look on a map because there's just a whole area of Georgia that doesn't really exist to me. Well, he's from South Georgia, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know nothing about there's it. There's like Macon, there's Tifton, and Valdosta. That's really all I know. <laughs> now, let me tell you, like, if it's south of Macon, it don't matter what highway it's on. If it ain't Savannah... It's all the same to me. And oh, what yeah. does that mean? Some place I'd rather not be. Yeah. Place I'd like to get out of.
before the sun goes down. <laughs> Yo, the South, like Georgia is one of those states, like California has this also. Like when people talk about Northern California and they're talking about the Bay, and then you look at a map and you realize that's actually not Northern California. That's just as yeah. far North as we care about. Yeah. South Georgia starts right outside of 285 in Atlanta. After that, everything else is just Georgia. That's it. As soon as you get out of the perimeter, it's like, what is this? It's like a whole other world. <laughs> what's what's going on? And why are there so many cops? Why are there so many Denny's? <laughs> Denny's, you start pulling up on the El Cheapo. Like, that's when you know you in North oh, Florida, yeah. South Georgia, is when you yeah. pull up on that El Cheapo gas station. Yeah, when you start seeing the signs that you can buy Vidalia onions or like yes. they've hot boiled pe peanuts or pecans, that's how you know. I'm like, when those signs start showing up, you're like, here we go. <laughs> Let's get out of here alive and in one piece. Everybody keep your hands down. Here, here's the thing, though, Bo. Okay. I've lived in Georgia. I've been to those places and I have still never had happen to me what I had happened to me in downtown LA. You ready for this? I'm ready. I just landed in LA. And uh, they put me downtown because, like, a lot of my events were downtown. And, you know, I had friends that were like, that's an interesting choice. You know, most of us are staying in Santa Monica for the CFP, but that's fine. So I'm like, cool. So I'm downtown and my room is not going to be ready for a little bit. So I was like, all right, well, it's like 1030, 11 in the morning. I hadn't eaten. And so I decided to go get a bite to eat. So I'm standing right outside my hotel and I walk to the to the street and I'm wait, waiting to cross the street. Right. I'm just waiting for the crosswalk light. And I notice a woman, you know, sort of walking towards me, but we don't make eye contact or anything. She's minding her own business, eating donuts or something, and she's walking. So I'm standing there and, you know, I'm doing what you're not supposed to do. I'm just admiring the beautiful day and the fresh air in downtown LA. And all of a sudden, this same woman is now in front of me. And as she's walking by me, takes her box of donuts and whops me as hard as she can in the chest and pushes me like out of nowhere and so i'm in such shock that this is happening to me so i just stand there and i'm like looking at the donuts on the ground and all i could muster was a what the are you doing <laughs> and she just kept walking she never made eye contact with me she never said anything to me she just took her donuts and smacked me as hard as she could in the chest with them and pushed me and then just kept walking wow and I Right. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't know how to like feel about that. Like it was, and so there's people standing on the corner. <laughs> this, this lady looks at me and goes, did she just assault you with a box of donuts? <laughs> I was like, she did. And they were like the fancy kind too, Bo. Like not even just like your basic <laughs> glazed. They had sprinkles on them and some designs. They were good ones. And there were still like three left in the box that she wasted as they were all over the ground. So immediately I was like, wow, this is like, this is a thing that is happening. I just got hit in the chest with a box of donuts. That has never happened to me before. I was stunned. I didn't wow. really know how to react. Like, what would you have done in that situation? Because everybody kept saying like, well, what did you do? And I'm like, well, what was there to no, do? I would have no Wizard idea. down and hit her? Like, what was I gonna do? I had no idea what to do in, in that. No, 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 no. I'd have been utterly clueless. Like I'm thinking about everything in some tone. And it, it wasn't like a homeless person, excuse me, houseless. I think that's what the term is. I think unhoused, that, unhoused. I, yes, I think there was probably some house instability there, is what I would okay. say. Okay, but then where where she get the donuts from? Then that's what I'm saying. It was more egregious because it felt like you don't want to waste this. Like this, this is food, <laughs> and you wasted it hitting me. And it felt. But here's my thing. Like I listen. I, it's, I'm not from like 
the country country, right? I lived in downtown Atlanta. Certainly, I mean, I go to New York. I'm in major cities. Like, I know that there are a lot of folks on the streets with mental health issues. I suppose the lesson learned was just because they're not talking to themselves or yelling or, you know, you still have to keep your head on a swivel just in general. And I didn't. Like, I sort of just, I don't know if it's the Connecticut in me. I feel like <laughs> L from 10 years ago would have been ready. <laughs> like, would have been like, why is she walking like so close towards me? But I just was, you know, admiring the day. And I nah, got back I don't. It it ain't the connect. It's the Connecticut in you, but I don't think it's in the way that you're thinking. It's the Connecticut in you being so happy to be somewhere that is January and feels a lot not like <laughs> Connecticut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you was taking in that beautiful day. It ain't about to be one of those for a minute. Like if I get out of here and go somewhere pretty, you better believe I'm gonna be out there staring. Yeah, you take my money. You can have it. I ain't really gonna have no time to pay attention to it, man. I'm I'm about to be out here enjoying, basking. Yeah. It was, it was, um, that's yeah. And also being child-free. I was mostly thinking about how I don't have to like deal with anybody wanting for me for a few days. And then it was like reality. It was like, wow, that's a lie. It just was, um, it was so bananas to me. So yeah, so that happened. So I got to go out to LA, um, experience torrential downpour on game day, which was really fun and brilliant. And to also get a little love tap from a woman with a box of donuts. So yeah. it was uh, a fantastic trip. Uh, let me ask you this. You know, you in that sports center world, uh, you ready for these NFL playoffs? You excited? You gassed? Um, Actually, so, better question. Yeah. You excited to talk about Aaron Rodgers? Maybe, maybe not for the next five, six months. I wish he would just stop. This is horrible. Like, it's just like, like, stop. I am not excited to talk about Aaron Rodgers or inevitably Tom Brady. We're just going to go to the same well, you know, Tom Brady. I, I'm very excited, though, for this is he or isn't he dance that we're doing with Lamar and the Ravens. Like, this whole thing has been sneaky, right? Like, one of the best not talked about stories right now in the NFL. And I think, of course, like, with everything going on with DeMar, that was really the focus. But this whole idea of like maybe he is not actually hurt and is preparing to go to another team. Has he played his last snap for the Ravens? This is nuts. Like the idea that I was a big advocate too for being like, all right, Lamar, like whatever you think, if you think this is best, then take the gamble and bet on yourself and how bad it looks and how bad it can go. There's Aaron Judge and then there's Lamar Jackson. And this is bad to watch in real time. Yo, well, the thing for me about him is – it's an absence-based, a hard girl fonda sort of situation, though. Because, like, he's showing them you can't just go get another one of these. I know. Right? Like, y'all ain't got Kyle Shanahan here who could just go pull Brock Purdy out the end of the draft and drop him in here. Which, by the way, raises the question, if you could do that, why'd you trade three first-round picks to go get Trey Lance? But that's a whole other discussion for another day, and I don't even know, like, what the ultimate conclusion is. <laughs> but with, with this one and Lamar, he ain't going nowhere because they can't let him go anywhere. Yeah. It's not an option. I think the other thing that makes this interesting is, and you and I both watched this with Michael Vick, dudes who play that sort of way, it don't work playing hurt. No. You can't, like, like Lamar Jackson's game is not one that you can gut through it while yeah. this is wrong or that is wrong or whatever it is. That's not the game. And it's not even a matter of, well, he can't work from the pocket. No, he can work from the pocket. But the way they do this and the way he does it you kind of need to be somewhere near peak efficiency. So the idea that he's still out, that doesn't really surprise me and doesn't necessarily imply anything sinister. 
Um, but this again, for me, this goes back to that not having an agent thing. And people think that not having an agent thing is just about the negotiations and stuff. Nah, man, you need to have somebody that that front office deals with all the time on a whole yes. bunch of stuff to yes. be the one to make the point of this is why he's not coming back right now. They might still be salty, but you kind of need somebody that's on your side getting all this stuff out here and dealing with those people because none of us have any idea what it is. But people really out here are like, I don't know, the Ravens might trade him and get three first round picks. And then who going to play quarterback? Exactly. Exactly. And what are we talking about here? Yeah. It it to your point, it's just so incredibly awkward. And some people are fine. Um, you know, even with what we do, some people are fine and sort of having that co- confronting the front office or the 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 you know management or whatever. I just find it to be so incredibly awkward. Like for Lamar, I mean, to be the one to have to sort of advocate for himself that's why you pay an agent to be the bad guy to be your spokesperson to be the one that puts rumors out there when necessary or you know or pours cold water on them when necessary as well like there's a reason that you need somewhat of a mouthpiece how awkward of a relationship to be dealing with the people who are looking you in the face when you're supposed to go play and say like well we don't think you're worth this amount of money it's it's just there has to be some kind of buffer situation and we just see it time and time again that when someone doesn't have an agent they tend to in the long run get screwed. I just hope that I hope that this ends in a way that we can all sort of, I think I thought Bo foolishly, like even if Lamar does get hurt, cause it was a gamble. He has been hurt, especially the last couple of years. I thought, well, God, if, if the Cowboys will give Dak Prescott all that money after what happened to him, then like anyone would be crazy, you know, barring some catastrophic knee injury and not giving Lamar Jackson something. And this is an angle, so it nags, but it's not something that you have to deal with long-term for the rest of his career, right? I just don't see that happening. I don't see sort of the same tide of positivity surrounding Lamar as was for Dak. Didn't we all agree that even with Dak getting injured, he needed to get paid? It doesn't feel like there's that groundswell of support for Lamar. Well, I, but, and I think the big difference is, and this is something I give Jerry Jones credit for on that, right? right. Jerry Jones recognized we going this this is what we gonna do. Mm-hmm. We just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. But he was always on the sell program to the fans of, right? Because like you can negotiate in public and be like, well, you know, this guy has done that, but then the fans are skeptical of that dude. Sure. And so who knows what Jerry and them was saying in 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 the back. But in front of people, this is our quarterback. We're going to get this done. We're never going to give you any reason to question that part. And that's what they did, right? And it was the right decision for them to make because when you go look at that contract now, it doesn't look like it felt at the time because it was the biggest one ever, but you know how the game goes. And everything rolled over, and it's a perfectly reasonable contract. And for most of the year, when Dak's been in there, the offense has been great. It's just when he's bad, he's bad. The thing with Lamar and the way Baltimore is playing this is that Deshaun Watson um, contract, mess everything up for them like i remember i may have told this story but i was trying to negotiate a contract once with espn many many years ago and somebody had put me up on some game about some contract that somebody else had and they were like well if they got that you can get this and by the way we're talking at this point five figure money we're not talking about like the new stage we're talking five figure money this is many many years ago and i talked to a colleague and he was the way he put it was all right, so just because this team was stupid and gave Nene fifty million dollars doesn't mean that they're gonna that some this team is gonna give you fifty million dollars. Like right. you got to be real about that. And I think that seems to be where Lamar is on this: is that I am better than Deshaun Watson, which is correct. Yes. 
I should get the same contract he does, which would make sense if you guys were getting paid by the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not going to do that over there. And where the agent comes in is being able to tell you, hey, man, I feel you. Right. I'm not saying you wrong, but I don't think it's going to go like that. Right. It was anomalous. It didn't yeah. reach the market. And didn't yeah. we see that? I mean, they signed Russell Wilson after that, right? And we yeah, saw and he didn't get it. He didn't get it. Kirk Kyler Cousins get it. Kirk Cousins, when he signed that three-year, $84 million contract, that was all guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers signed one after that was not, which shocked me because I thought the Kirk Cousins deal was going to be the one to totally reset the market because I'll be damned if you yeah. tell me I can't get what he got. I don't give a damn Thank who did it. You. And Thank it didn't you. happen that way. Because they realized, to your point, it was a bad deal. <laughs> yep. But Lamar is in, this is also weird old black quarterback space, right? And this whole year and the way that it's been handled by the media has been weird old black quarterback space, which is to say the continued and unnecessary skepticism. I don't know. Oh, Lamar, nobody's coming into this year with more pressure than Lamar. Josh Allen had one good year and they backed up the truck and gave it to him. And it was the move to make and it seemed to be the thing. But at every turn, even Kyler Murray did not have a good year this year. People ready to throw Kyler Murray out the window. Russell Wilson, a Hall of Famer, did not have a good year this year. Nobody is being like, hey, well, the next guy's job is to get Russell Wilson on track. It's, can Russell Wilson do it? Is this the worst trade in history? Like, whenever the black quarterback shows a little bit bad, we all we just going to throw him completely out the window. And that's the danger for Lamar Jackson about coming out here hurt, right? People asking about a 25-year-old quarterback. Well, you know, he can't get it done in the playoffs. Doggy just got here. And we went through, like, Peyton Manning, who was the ultimate can't-get-it-done-in-the-playoffs case or should have been for a long time, it was still not the level of skepticism that we see around these cats. And that's where... Because of his just, pedigree. We just gave him the benefit of the doubt that he would figure it out. Yep. And, and that's where I look at the Lamar case, and it's just so weird because you've leaned in so hard and you've done this right in so many ways, and you kept bringing in all the black backup quarterbacks to make sure everybody knew that the guy was going to be the guy so they weren't out here trying to get the Cody Carlson or whoever it was that was going to be behind him into the game. They did all of that. And that's why it's hard for me to believe the Ravens are like wrong because they've done everything in this other direction so far. But you're not getting no two hundred million dollars guaranteed, dog. It's not happening. Yep. Yeah, it's not. And to your point, they have. I mean, they really did build an entire system to the benefit of Lamar. I think that they've also been hit with some really. Unt- I mean, they've had like the last couple of years, Bo. You know this. They've had catastrophic injury. I mean, just been decimated by injuries and some of their picks have just not hit and you know namely their weapons for Lamar so it it feels like on both sides do you really want Lamar to go to a new team where they're going to build an offense around you and whatever that looks like and in Baltimore do you really want to try and get what someone in this year you're not going to get a good person in this year's drafts you know on it because of you know where you end up landing in the draft order and is there anyone available that you would want like I just Sometimes it's just an addition by subtraction question. Like, does he make you better by not being there? You've got to pay this man, especially for a Ravens team that's just sort of been on the precipice since Joe Flacco however many years ago. Yeah, well, the thing about it is we talked about the Kirk Cousins deal. It's hard to say it's a bad one. It was a bad one because they still got him, right? And Kirk Cousins is right at the line of, I don't think we can do better than this. Yeah. And that's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you settle. Yeah, you settle. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to do like, that's why that's not Seattle an MVP. Yeah. yeah. 
That move with Seattle with Russell Wilson was so bold because it's like, dude, you're not going to do better than this. And they're like, oh, you think, huh? And then they somehow did with Geno Smith. Nuts. Like, 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 like that's wild. That's crazy. That's wild. But yeah. with Lamar, man, you ain't getting another one of those. No. 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 And that's – but the problem is with these, like, Brock Purdy type of stories is people just get enamored with this idea that anyone can do this, you know, and they do. Mm-mm. And said, I know, instead of looking at – you know, scheme specific and like who's the OC and Shanahan is notorious for being able to have a plug and chuck system just like his dad was back in the day. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So no, I, I just Baltimore fans I've asked, do you want Lamar? They're like, yeah, but it's not, they're not effusive. And I just don't understand. I mean, I guess I do understand where some of that comes from, but they're just, they don't seem to think like they sort of seem to think it's a situation where if he stays great and if he leaves, I can see it that way too. And I just, I don't know. It feels well, that's weird to me because they ain't had a quarterback worth a damn since they got there. That's what I'm saying. I mean, literally, they got one year out of Flacco, and they paid that man. They paid. And, they backed a Brink truck up for him. Oh no, that was a month. Yeah, it wasn't even the whole year. Yeah, one, they got a month. Yeah, they got month. the they got the end of Steve McNair, a little Vinny Testaverde, uh-huh. and a month of Joe Flacco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so to think that they could be so arrogant to be like, well, then you can walk. Now, again, it seems like they are committed to keeping Lamar in the building at some point. Yes, Lamar is going to have to talk to someone. And I'm, I'm interested to see if in the offseason he does, if he decides that he's going to go in a different direction and bring in some some outside help or at least listen to someone. I mean, good God, right? Like when you're Lamar Jackson, you have people who are itching to give you advice. Just talk to <laughs> someone. You don't want to hire him. Just go buy him a drink and powwow with someone. Yeah, like I imagine they got somebody that's around, you know, some people sure. they call or whatever, but a lawyer. Relation- relationships are built on iterations. And you need somebody that's got iterations with these folks. And I, it, it, I understand everybody's like, but I don't want to pay the 3%. Man, I ain't never complained once about paying that 10. It made my life so much easier. Take it. Take. It. I mean, I had definitely complained, and I still do, but... <laughs> I also, uh, I know that it's important. It's well, worth it, honestly, well, to save well, me from the grief and the headache side of it. Well, here's the trick. Do they take they, they take it out of your, do they get their money out of your check or do you write a check to them? They just take it out because- Yeah, that's I, how it's got to yeah, be. Yeah, that's I how it's got to be. It. I can't feel it. It was never it. mine. It was never mine. <laughs> I, for I a little do it while, like taxes. Yeah, for a little while I was writing the check every month and I was like, this is way worse because it felt like I was writing them all the time and I they were for more money. I was like- so I started doing it to where it just never see it. It's like taxes. It's like 401k, insurance, agent. They all come out before I ever see it. Yes. Yes. Wow. We just. Blind ignorance. I love I love being ignorant, Bo. Yeah, man. And I'm glad you had an ignorant second national championship that forced Joel from Missouri City to use his child as a bulletproof shield. Hard to be sad when I watched the first season of TCU football with my son, making <laughs> memories that will last a lifetime. Does it say something like that or whatever? These are the things that matter the most in yes. life, not yes. some score on a scoreboard. Yes, exactly. That would have been the most important thing in the world if the if the reptiles had won. Amphibians, that's what they are. They're amphibians. I've already won. I have my son. <laughs> I'm a champion already. Yes, I say, I am a champion in life. 
There it is. L. Duncan. Check her out on SportsCenter all over the ESPN platforms. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Love you, Bo. All right. Now get well. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this. And thanks for watching us on YouTube. Almost forgot you. We do this three times a week. Adi Khan, Parker Owens, Dance Dancing, handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.